Critically Chaotic is a rowdy Dungeons and Dragons podcast that consists of adult themes and humor. Content warnings for this episode can be found in the episode description as well as a link to transcripts. Unfortunately, Queen's audio was corrupted during recording. While measures have been taken to improve sound quality, there will still be the occasional audio peaks from breaths or fluctuations in volume levels. We deeply apologize and hope you can still enjoy the episode. Rest, weary traveler, and enjoy. Several episodes ago, Mogan inexplicably disappeared from the group. It was not quite explained why or where he had gone, but it is now clear that Mogan had gone off on an adventure of his own. What awaits for Mogan now that he is on his own without the Vox to watch after him? shall get on into it when so because you had to miss the sessions it was left a bit vague about when mogan would have actually like split off from the group so when do you think he would have actually split off from the group i was thinking it was going to be around the time that we were all in that inn trying to figure out if they had a place to stay so mogan would definitely just be like, okay, he's going to hear the prices and he's going to be like, I have a tent. Let's just go outside. And so that's his first prerogative is just, I'm going to go sleep for the night. I already did this mission. I'm just going to go my separate way. Like I have things to do. And so he would probably have the mindset of let's go around the town a little bit more. Okay. So would he go and set up his tent first or would he like go and try to talk to people? Or would he just kind of, like, listen for rumors? Yeah, he would probably do that. Just go listen in on random people's conversations. Can you roll investigation for me? That is going to be a good solid 18. Alrighty. So you're walking around, you're listening, uh, and it is while you are, like, kind of walking around and listening that you hear... Some people whispering about some rumors of a gang from the east that has started to move west and making their presence known in Ushadal. And nobody really knows what they're called. You don't really hear a name at all. But occasionally you do hear a discussion of a symbol, which includes that of an eye with a flame. Mogan's going to, like, hear that. And that's when he's going to kind of, like, go to his backpack and pull out that cloth that he has. Because he's going to be like, oh, I... I, I've heard that symbol before. I've seen it somewhere. And that's when he's going to realize that it's the same symbol that he has on the cloth. I feel like he'd probably walk up to them and be like, so where have you heard of this symbol? Uh, tell me more information. He's just going to bust into their conversation. All right. So this this big, scary, half-orc man who always is scowling uh, comes and Bust in on this conversation, demanding to know where they heard of this, where they are. Uh, the the people kind of jump and like take a few steps away from you. Uh, and uh, the one on the left says, "Um, I I I don't I don't know. There's been there's just been talk. There's been rumors. Um, I heard that uh the the activity was coming like out, outside the city. I don't think it's I don't think it's hit Wellspring yet. Um, 
I, I, a, a bit to the west, uh, south southwest. I I don't I don't know. I, sorry, and they they quickly try to exit the conversation, hurrying away down the street. So Mogan's gonna kind of like be like, but I wasn't done talking. Okay, so he's just gonna kind of be like, where in the Sam Hell is Southwest? I think he would just keep go, just keep going, and keep listening to people as he's trying to figure out where Southwest is. Alrighty. Uh, it's while he's wandering, just kind of going around the entire perimeter of the city, just listening, that uh, it's when he's nearing one of the gates leading outside of the city that he hears uh, a couple of guards talking. And they're like, oh, yeah, there, there's been, like, gang activity. Yeah, apparently it's, like, down this path or something. Uh, yeah, over, like, in the direction of Petersburg. I, I don't know. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that we're safe behind these city walls. He's going to hear this and just, you know, be Mogan and butt himself into this. And he's going to be like, this path right here sounds great. So he's just going to walk up to the guards and be like, you said there was gang activity down here. They look a bit surprised at you inserting yourself into their conversation. And this time the one on the right says, uh, yeah, yes, yes, sir, just... Uh, not not right down this path. Of uh, a couple days travel, probably. But don't don't worry about it. Uh, we're here to protect the city. Nothing, no harm will come to you or any other citizen. He's just gonna be like he's gonna kind of give that scowling kind of look and be like his face. Yeah, his face, <laughs> his exact face. And he's gonna be like, okay, well, thank you for the information. And he he'll turn back around and go back into the city. He's probably gonna want to go get some supplies. Because he's not completely stupid. He knows that it's if it's a few days travel, he needs to go get some supplies. And so he's going to look for like the closest, probably the Sayaka outpost. If- There's definitely a Sayaka outpost nearby. There's a bunch of signs all pointing towards it. Perfect. So he's just going to follow that. Wait, can he? Wait, real quick. Can I, I forget if this is just joking or not. Is he actually illiterate? Uh, I believe so. So then the signs don't matter unless he knows the shape of the Sayaka Outpost title. Does, can, does, does he recognize the logo for the Sayaka Outpost? Has he been to one before? Probably. Well, he's from Sayaka, so yeah. Okay, then he'll, he'll recognize the logo on the sign so he can still find his way. It's fine. Okay, perfect. Roll a perception check for me. That is going to be a good solid 17. It is while he is approaching the Sayaka Outpost that he notices... A halfling woman who is kind of trying to talk to people that are passing by, asking if there are any adventurers around, trying to to ask anyone if there is someone that she could talk to to hire for a job. But most people are kind of just brushing past her, not really paying her any mind because they have places to be. Honestly, though, Mogan would most likely just keep going. He really wouldn't care. Mogan, you make it very hard to plan an adventure, my good sir. I know. He's a loner. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about money? Yeah, we'll say that he, he'll he take note that she is trying to get someone's attention. So he'll walk up and be like, for help? Uh, yes, yes, I am. I am looking for help. Are you an adventurer? Uh, yeah. What do you need help with? 
well, well, you see, um, I'm I'm currently being targeted by some some very evil men who who have threatened to to kidnap me and use me for ransom against my family. And I just I just want to get hold of my family, and make sure that that they're safe and that nothing has happened to them. We we've been attacked by gangs, you see, back in my back in my town, and I just I really want to just get there and make sure that everything is okay. You can, like, see that Mogan, like, kind of softens a little bit as she's saying that because he knows how that feels. Um, and so he goes, okay, uh, where where are you trying to get to? Uh, it's, it's one of my small villages. Um, it's called Everport. It's, it's just, it's on the way to Petersboro and then it's a little bit more west, but it's, it's basically along the same path. Um, I, I, I have my own horse, and so it, we can get there faster. Um, it, it's big enough to carry you. I know that I'm rather small, but it's it's a full-sized horse. Um, and um, she, like, kind of looks and notices that you were, like, heading towards the psych outpost. If you were looking to, to get supplies, I, I'd be more than happy to buy whatever you were going to get for you. He kind of not gives, like, a an annoyed sigh, but kind of goes, okay, might as well help out if she's willing to help me out in a sense. So he goes, okay. I'll help you only if you, any kind of size again, only if you show me the way. Of course. Yes, uh, absolutely. Perfect. I guess. Uh, yeah, I need to go get some supplies first then. Uh, of course, certainly. And she, she walks with you so that she can be in the store to, to pay. So he's going to buy ration. And then what else is in the Saika outpost? Uh, most things in the player handbook. Most things you would need. So I'm going to buy three days worth of ration. Okay. I mean, she said that she was going to pay. Oh, yeah. I think that's probably going to be it. Just the rations. Okay. Well, then she buys the rations for you. And she also purchases a couple for herself. And as you're leaving the store, she says, uh, just just come with me. I just have him stabled by one of the inns. But my, 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 my horse. Um, and, and then we can we can head out. Was there anything else that you needed to do before you could take up my job? Nope, I'm ready to go whenever you are. All right, thank you. Uh, so she leads you down the path through a couple streets uh, to one of the inns. And there's a stable beside the inn. And she goes in and she tells the the stable master that she needs her horse. And he provides a horse to her because she had paid earlier. And it's not the, it's not like a huge horse. It's not like a Clydesdale or anything, but it's big enough that Mogan can ride on it without risking hurting the horse at all. So she leads the horse out and she says, all right, uh, let's, let's get going then. And she leads the way to the Southern Gate. And it's when you get outside of the town that she gestures for you to, to get up onto the horse. So, yeah, Mogan will hop on. Is it only o- Mogan going to be on the horse, or will she also be on it? Yeah, she can fit, cause, because she's a halfling, she doesn't take up as much space. And then it'll mostly be like, would Mogan want to handle the horse while she gives directions, or would Mogan want her to drive the horse? Uh, Mogan will most likely just take over driving the horse and just ask for direction. Then she'll get onto the horse and she'll sit behind him. Does Mogan do or say anything, or does he mostly just kind of stay silent throughout the trip? He stays pretty silent, but he'll spark up small conversation every so often. The first question he'll ask is, well, since we're going to be going on this trip together, I never caught your name. She says, oh, um, my name's Edith. Uh, and, and what's yours? The name is Mogan. 
It's it's wonderful to meet you, Mogan, and and thank you again for for helping me with this. It it really means a lot to me. How long of a trip will this be since we have a horse? Oh, it'll only be two days there. Alrighty. So tell me a little bit more about this gang violence. Um. So they they just started attacking. They they've actually moved in from the east, is what I've heard. I I really don't know what they're called. Um. But but they have they have this the symbol. It 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 looks like um like like a flame of some sort over over an eye. And they 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 really love um. Raiding villages or or threatening families, um, and and I'm I'm just I'm very worried about them getting to 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 my town, especially because I've heard that they're starting to move in towards towards Wellspring. You see, and I just I just want to make sure that my family is okay. As she's talking about this, and then she mentions the symbol, Mogan is just taken back. Like he's like, oh. Fuck no. This might be it. Like, he's kind of pumping himself up. I might actually finally get my moment. And so he just kind of responds to her. I know the gang that you're talking about. They they did me pretty dirty, too. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. What what happened, if, if I may ask? He kind of just, like, shifts a little bit so that he can kind of glance at her over his shoulder. Well, when I was a little younger, that uh, that same uh, bandit group kind of raided my village, kind of just killed all the people that I love. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. And she she puts like a gentle hand on on Mogan's arm. And his raging bicep. His raging biceps. Yes, a gentle, tiny halfling <laughs> hand over his raging, <laughs> enormous bicep. Exactly. And he kind of not like melts into it, but he kind of like shifts because he to get a little more comfortable because he really hasn't had anyone comfort him in a very long time. And so he doesn't really know what to do. Oh, Mogan. Yeah, Mogan's a little, a little tortured. <laughs> I think that she she kind of notices the like the slight softening, the slight leaning into the touch. Uh, and she uh, squeezes your arm a little bit and gives you a somewhat comforting smile and she says I- i'm sure that the problem will be taken care of and and they won't be threats to anyone else ever again not if i have anything to do with it oof that's basically what all i'm doing with my life is i'm gonna find this group and i'm gonna end all the suffering that they cause oh wow really all by yourself sure am they don't deserve anything less than the wrath that I carry on my back every day. She she kind of like considers your words and then gives a nod and says, "I I think after after everything I've heard that they've done, I I think that that's a good idea." And he just kind of nod at her agreement. I very much appreciate that that you can see how I feel. Oh, Mogan. Oh, Mogan. He he. He's a trouble boy. He is. Poor boy. Um, okay. So uh, a lot of the first day kind of passes without too much incident. Um, and there is a point kind of towards the evening. It's a little past afternoon, but it's not quite sunset. Where you're kind of like going down the path and it looks like that there is a tree that's kind of like partially fallen over into the path. 
and there's a lot of rustling as though there's someone or something kind of in the in the leaves bush area uh, that's kind of half blocking the path. Mogan's gonna hear this and like see the half fallen over tree, and he's gonna immediately stop because he's seen stuff like this, and he kind of feels like it's gonna be an ambush. So she kind of like steadies herself against Mogan and said, and she she knows that something's up, and so she she whispers softly like, "Is uh is is something wrong? What what's what's going on?" Just stay very quiet. I'm pretty sure. There's someone in the bushes or in the trees that are going to try to attack us to stay very quiet. And so he's going to gently and very carefully and as quietly as he can get off the horse. And he's going to try to like look to see if he can see anything without getting any closer. Roll investigation for me. It's going to be a 14. Uh, while he is looking and trying to stare very carefully, uh, there's a bit of a glint in the in the leaves, which can't quite be made out. It's very quick, but it does remind you of like the the glint of a, a sword or a weapon of some kind. He turns back to Edith and goes, "Stay right here, and if you need anything." Just yeah. And so she grips the reins of the horse to make sure that the horse doesn't wander at all, and she gives you like a, a very like okay kind of a nod. And so he is gonna take his helper out of his like carrying thing, and he's gonna slowly start walking towards that glint that he saw, in hopes to see if he can get close enough to attack because he thinks it is a, a person. Okay, so it, while Mogan is walking forward, he's keeping his eyes firmly on the tree. He's making sure that nothing pops out to attack him or Edith. Uh, and it's while he is walking that suddenly he feels the ground give way beneath him and he falls. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. However, you did not notice this trap. You had not seen it with your eyes, and so you do not get advantage on it. Sorry to break your heart on this new feature the moment you try to use it, but... <laughs> You're gonna have a solid nine. Okay. Unfortunately, Mogan is caught so off guard with surprise that he falls with the full full force. He, he was not able to maneuver himself at all while he fell. Uh... And he discovers that there are some spikes at the bottom of this hole. So, uh, Mogan is going to take 1d6 damage. Would you like to roll your damage, or would you like me to roll your damage? I'll roll it. He got five. <laughs> Alright, so he took a nice solid five damage. So yeah, he fell through a hole that he had not seen earlier in the path, and he can hear Edith give like a, a bit of a squeaking yelp, um, and she she was, she Kind of like half yells, half whispers. Uh, are, okay, Mogan, are you okay? Are, um, should should I should I help? I, um. So he's in the hole currently. He is in the hole currently. Yeah, he's gonna like try to look up, and he responds to her. Yeah, I'm fine. Just be careful. But yeah, uh, I would love some assistance getting out. 
Uh, so she she kind of heads on over, and her you can hear the horse, and she hops off, and you can see her kind of peek over. Uh, and she says, "Um, what what can I um what can I do? Do you, um a, a a rope maybe? Do you maybe have a rope?" And she kind of like glances up towards the tree, like she's a bit nervous. But if there was going to be an ambush of any sort, it has not occurred. How deep would you say the hole is, like compared to his height? It's maybe twice as tall as him. It's a pretty damn deep hole. There are some ridges where he could try to he could try to climb up on his own. Um or the the rope that she suggested, he could climb out with the rope if she tied it to something. Uh do you have a rope on you, Edith? Uh yeah, yes, yes, there's there's one with the horse. Um let let me um let me let me tie it to a tree and then I'll toss it down for you. And she, she scurries off to do just that. Is Mogan going to do anything while, like, beforehand, or is he just going to wait for the rope? I guess, like, he can attempt to try to get himself out without the rope. Roll athletics for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a natural 20. Ooh! Okay, so she, she rushes off to start tying uh, the rope a bit, and uh, Mogan after about five seconds, says, fuck this, and starts climbing out of the hole and gets out nice and easy. And, like, she's still trying to, like, make a knot when he climbs out and she kind of looks over and goes, oh, oh you you didn't need the rope. Oh, okay, good, good. I'm, I'm glad that you got out of there. Um, are, She, like, like wraps up the rope and she goes on over. Are, are you okay? You, you look like you're bleeding just a little bit. Where would you say he is bleeding? If there's like a designated place. probably on the on the tuchus or on the back of some kind, unless he fell forward, then on the chest somewhere. No, he probably would have fallen back. So on the tuchus and on the back, he'll kind of like rub at where he got hurt. It's fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. All right. Should should we should we get moving? She she looks back towards the tree. It doesn't. If someone was going to attack, I figured that they would have when when you were in the hole. Um, yeah, he'll look back at the tree. Yeah, let's just keep moving. Uh, but let me move this uh, tree limb real fast. And so he's going to go over to the half fallen tree and attempt to move it out of the way so that they can get around it. All right, try athletics. So athletics, we got a solid ten. All righty. Um, he is able to move it a bit. He's able to, like, shift it a little bit out of the way, but he can't quite, like, pick it up all the way. It's more like, it's more like when you're trying to move something heavy and you, like, mostly just kind of, like, push it with your legs to shimmy it a little bit. So the path is definitely, path is definitely wide enough that the horse can get around now. So yeah, he'll finish moving the the tree with uh, his feet, apparently. He just shimmies it. Uh, he'll get back, he'll walk over back to the horse and get on it. Take the reins and just keep moving. All right. Edith joins uh, behind him on the horse. Uh, you all travel for like maybe another hour before it starts to get too dark. And so it's time to set up camp. Yeah, he's going to, before the sun sets completely, he finds just like a nice little patch um, and begins setting up his tent. Edith does the same. She sets up her tent after she ties the horse. Uh, and it's while you both are setting up your tents and kind of half making small talk that she says, um, Mogan, I, I, I hope that it's not too forward of me to ask, but, um, the, 
when when you said that the bandits invaded your your village and 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 they killed the the, the people that you loved, what was it? Was it the entire village? Was was it was it someone in particular that they took from you? Or he kind of just rubs his head. From what I know, it was almost the entire village. Uh, but there was uh, a certain person that they took from me. Yeah. Was was it your your mother or or your father? He kind of gives just a small chuckle. No, actually, my brother Mio. Oh. Uh, oh, Mogan, I'm I'm so sorry. She says, "Um, I, I'm just so sorry that that you had to go through that. That's that's entirely unfair. You don't you didn't deserve that." I guess life goes on, but I know one day I'll find my peace. But until then, I will find this group and I will make them pay. I'm I'm sure that you will. I believe in you. He kind of, like, looks back at her. And for the actual first time to her face, he kind of gives just a very small grin. Aww. And he just says, I really, really appreciate you saying that. Cute. <laughs> Look at him finally bonding with a person. Right? If someone would just give him a second and talk, maybe he would have bonded early with someone else. Listen, people would have. You've just been gone. They'll get there. You all settle down for the night and you kind of just, you, you sleep. It's very nice for a bit. Okay. So now I will tell you the player, this is uh, a dream. However, Mogan is going to think it's, it's real. You know how you, you have a dream and you don't realize it's a dream. It's that, that kind of a thing. So in Mogan's dream, he finds himself back at his village. He's he's probably had many of these types of dreams before, where he's back home, it's not destroyed, everyone's there, Neo's there. It's it's nice, it's a happy dream, it's some kind of semblance of peace. But just as dreams often turn to nightmares, this one begins to do just that. And he finds himself kind of back in that same situation where the fire is blazing, he could hear screams, he sees a lot of death and destruction, and he also spots uh, Mio being taken away by some bandits in a horribly familiar kind of uh, situation. And so there are uh, a couple options that I will give you. Uh, You can roll a wisdom save to see if Mogan realizes that this is a dream and wakes up. Or uh, you can take your action to try and defeat these dream bandits. Or you could try to do something else entirely. Whatever Mogan would do in this moment. I think he would really think this is real. And so he would definitely try to defeat the dream bandits. So he's gonna want to take an action against them. Yeah, he's going to see these bandits taking Mio, and he's just going to, like, on start racing towards them to attack, to, like, stop them. Roll a wisdom save for me, because it's very difficult to run in dreams. So we'll see if his brain can can get him past that. If he, if he rolls a high enough wisdom save during all of this, he can also realize it's a dream and wake up. Going on par, got a not one. <laughs> oh, no. 
Okay. 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 This is this is great, actually. This is wonderful. Okay. So, uh, he is. He tries to run. He yells out for Mio's name. Mio yells back for him. But as he's trying to run, he he can't seem to make any progress at all. The bandits and Mio get further and further away, and the the ground is like quicksand. And when when Mogan looks down, it's like this it's like this glowing black sludge, um, and it's kind of like crawling up Mogan's ankle and up his legs, like kind of starting to consume him. And it's really just overtaking Mogan. Uh, and by the time Mogan looks up again from this black sludge, he can't see Mio at all. He just sees a raging amount of fire, and the screams are so loud and echoing. Uh, what does what does Mogan do upon uh, starting to be consumed by this this horrible, awful black sludge? So he would definitely try to like find anything to grab onto to try to get himself out of it. Okay, roll wisdom or wisdom save. Okay, he got a thirteen. Okay. Uh, he is able to spot uh, a branch that is hanging down. It is currently on fire, but he would be able to grab it to try to pull himself up, see if that can can help him out. Yeah, he'd probably do that. He'd just try to grab anything that isn't like horribly on fire, like anything that he can touch without in a sense burning himself. So he reaches up and he kind of grabs onto the branch, doing his best to avoid the flames, but like everything is on fire so he does feel like a very sharp burn in his hands as he's like pulling himself uh roll athletics for me got a good solid 10 all right uh so he keeps pulling and the branch does not give away and he's able to pull himself up a little bit but the sludge is just clinging to him it's like it's like Taffy being stretched and it's kind of pulling at Mogan as as it's being stretched with the, like it's trying to snap him back. So what else would Mogan like to do? Continue with the branch or try to do something else? Yeah, I, I just think he would keep trying to pull himself out. All right, roll wisdom. See if his brain will allow it. We have a 17. It, it almost, it, it feels like for, for a moment, there's like, like Mogan's thoughts are racing and there's like a small thought in his head like this this simply cannot be happening how is this happening and as he's thinking that the the sludge almost seems to kind of give away and kind of loosen a little bit on on mogan's grip and so you can now roll athletics again to try to yank himself completely up onto the branch got 15 all right he is able to completely pull himself up there are some bits of the sludge that's still clinging to him, and they're almost like they're almost like horrible little maggots that are like crawling around on him, trying to stick to him, trying to like grow bigger around him again to encase him in this horrible sludge. But he is now on top of a tree that's currently on fire, and now that he's at a, a higher vantage point, he's able to see that the sludge has kind of become almost like. A, a pond or pool inside of the village and is starting to attach to these uh, these houses uh, starting to like break away at them and kind of just a bit in the distance like go, going towards some of the, the tree line that is not on fire he is able to see Mio being dragged away call out to Mio again and just be like Mio no 
and he's just gonna start looking around to see if there's anywhere he can like get off of the tree. Start running towards Mio. Uh, he's close enough to a couple of the houses that he could like drop onto one of the houses to run and get past the sludge. Probably do that. Try to do any effort to get out of the burning tree one and get closer to Mio. Alright, roll wisdom saving throw. We have a seven. Okay, so he is trying to uh, jump from this tree, trying to land on onto the house, but when he lands, he lands very awkwardly, his ankle like twists a bit, and he goes rolling off of the roof of this house and lands like right back in the sludge. He's kind of on the edge of the pool, so he could crawl out if he wanted to, but he kind of lands like right on there. And the sludge immediately starts eating away at him again. He's definitely just going to try to get as far away. So he's going to start trying to crawl away. Um, trying to like, I would say trying to push the sludge off. <laughs> A seven. Uh, so he is trying to push away at the sludge. And the sludge is just kind of getting onto his hands, starting to encase his arms. And it's just slowly like starting to come onto him. Uh, it's kind of up to his chest now. His arms are getting sticky and he can't move them quite as well. His feet feel stiff, like he can't quite move them to, to try to get up onto his feet. Yeah, he's just going to try to get up. And so you said it was on his hands and stuff now? Yeah. I feel like he would just try to like shake and try to just get anything off of him as he's trying to get away from the sledge and just run. You ran Okay, uh, roll another wisdom save. I got a 19. Alright, so it's while Mogan is, like, shaking and trying to get this off, while he while he sees all of these houses be completely consumed by this sludge, and he hears uh, Mio's soft yell from way across in the distance, calling for him and begging for him to help. It's almost like a switch just kind of goes off in Mogan's brain as he just thinks, this isn't how it went. This isn't... This isn't real. This is a dream. And just like that, Mogan awakes in a cold sweat. It's it's dawn. Dawn has just risen over uh, the mountains. Uh, Edith looks to be asleep um, just a little bit away from him uh, in... Like, her tent, you can see, kind of, like, through the open flap that she appears to be asleep. Uh, Mogan is just, like... Well, well, how does how does Mogan feel after all of that? Just in general, how is he reacting? I feel like waking up from that dream, he's definitely in a cold sweat, and I think he would just be, like, panting, kind of, like, trying to calm himself down, because that was just really intense for him. Uh, he would definitely also be, like, looking around, checking his surroundings, because he has to make sure that he is fine and that he is safe. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Mogan's looking around and doing all this, trying to calm down, trying to feel okay again. And Mogan doesn't know this, but uh, the, we, the audience, and you, the player, know this, uh, that the the memories that, that Mogan once had of his village, of the, of the way that it looked, the forest, that's gone. He re- he remembers his family. He remembers Mio. He remembers the half-orc woman who raised him. But 
he can't remember what the houses looked like. He can't remember the way that the the sun would filter through the trees when it rose over the top of the treetops. He he can't remember where he would go fishing. He can't remember what the berries tasted like. It's like that part of his memory has disappeared, but Mogan doesn't even realize that it's gone. So the morning comes, Edith wakes up, uh, Edith probably wakes up like maybe an hour after dawn, unless Mogan would wake her sooner. No, he would have let her sleep. So, would uh, how is Mogan like looking and appearing when when she wakes up? He definitely would have gotten up from where he his tent is and just kind of went and sat somewhere with a better vantage, but not far away from her, because he would first want to know and be able to see better around him, but also to keep an eye on her. Uh, so she gets up and she yawns, she stretches, starts to uh, look around to get ready to pack up. And she notices Mogan just kind of keeping watch. And she says, oh, uh, you're up early. How'd you sleep? Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. I completely forgot something. I apologize. Rewind just a little bit. Mogan was calming down. Um, uh, and he... Uh, he wait when he wakes up. He notices that there is just like a very sharp pain, just kind of like all over, especially where like all that sludge was. It feels like he actually like fell off that roof. It feels like his hands actually burned, and there's no marks or anything. But like it just feels really painful to him, and it takes quite a while for that to finally shake off. Uh, however, he does take uh, some some actual literal damage for that. Oh my god. Would you like to roll your damage or would you like me to? You can roll it this time. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. 11 damage. 11? 11. 11 damage. I am never letting you roll my damage again. Oh my god. <laughs> Although he technically he technically did have a did have a long rest, so he he healed up for that damage he took in the pit yesterday. <laughs> That's true. Listen, it's only it's only a third of his health. It's fine. I thought it was just a d6 for damage. Well, that was for falling into the hole. Oh, gotcha. What did you roll? Uh, that's for the DM to know and for you to never find out. Oh my god. Okay, so anyway, uh, knowing that a third of his health is gone, uh, fast-forwarding to when Edith gets up, how's Mogan looking? He's definitely gonna just have, like, wear and tear like you can just tell that he is not having a good time uh so he just goes uh not doing the greatest today but i'm here she looks a bit concerned uh about that and says is is there any is there anything that i can do to help what did you have a bad dream or yeah kind of just kind of took a lot out of me i guess do you want to talk about it at all, or 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 should I drop it? Um. Uh, yeah, you can. It's nothing big. All right. Um. Well, we'll take your time, and we can head out whenever you're ready. He kind of just stands right up, and he goes, "Well, might as well go now, then." Oh, um, uh, not not quite now. Uh, I I still need to take down my tent. I'll I'll just be a minute, and she hurriedly starts taking down her tent. He finishes packing every all of his stuff too. All righty, you begin traveling again. You are traveling for a while, a couple hours. Um, 
and Edith continues to give directions uh, every so often. Um, they're more just general directions. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, go down the path for a while and eventually like there'll be like a sign. So then you go left, like very simple directions. It's not too, it's not too hard. Uh, however, it is after maybe like, yeah, it's after maybe uh, an hour, hour and a half of traveling that, uh, Mogan, you realize that you have passed by the same rock tree combo like three times you're like you're almost sure of it but like the weird thing is that it's not even that like it's not even that Edith's necessarily giving you like bad directions because you've been going in a straight line you're like certain you've been going in a straight line he's gonna kind of like slow down on the horse until it stops and then kind of turns to Edith and he goes are you sure you know where you're going I mean not (sighs) he kind of decides he goes not that I'm accusing you of getting us lost, but I'm pretty sure we've already passed this. Uh, she kind of looks to the tree and the rock and she frowns a bit and she says, e- yeah. And she kind of like looks back. She says, but, but have we, have we taken any turns? Did you, t- did you take any turns when I told you just to go straight? I, uh, I, he kind of like interrupts her and he goes, no, I, I went straight. That's where it doesn't make sense. I've literally only gone straight. You can roll a skill if you would like. If you're not sure what skill to roll, I can give you suggestions. Uh, some suggestions would be nice. Uh, so you can roll like perception to try to try to see what path you should go down. You can roll survival to try to ensure that you don't get lost. Uh, you can even try to roll Arcana if you think this might be a magical doing. He'd probably do Perception, because he would just want to know where he's supposed to go. Okay. Roll Perception for me. I got an unnatural 20. 21, technically. Mogan's probably like, I'm going to take charge, since your directions have gotten us lost. And so he starts uh, leading the horse again. When he starts seeing something familiar, he kind of, like, alters the route, kind of just going based on, like, just what, what seems to be correct. He He's able to, like, see an almost, like, trail from people that have gone through, and he kind of follows that rather than following what seems to be, like, uh, less used paths. And eventually you kind of get out to a clearing uh, through the forest, um, and she looks back and she gives a, or Edith looks back and gives a quiet sigh of relief and says, well, it it seems that you found our way out of there. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that I had you as my navigator. He starts getting a little frustrated. He goes, I just don't get it. Why did it feel like we were going in circles? Can I roll a perception check to, to see if there's anything suspicious about her? Uh yeah, that would be insight. Natural twenty. Natural twenty, huh? Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. So Mogan studies her very hard uh, as she's talking about that. And she's like kind of like looking over her shoulder back at where you came from. And it's while she's kind of like looking back that uh, Mogan can see a like a weird smile, a, just a weird expression on her face. And then when she like looks forward again, it's like back to her like her normal expression. But it's ooh ooh, it's real weird. There's something going on here. You could he could feel it in his gut. Damn it. <laughs> but I like her. And so 
he's gonna like notice this and he's gonna be like oh fuck no and so he like quickly jumps off the horse and he's just gonna pull out one of his uh hand axes and points it right at her and he goes who are you uh she gives a she gives a yelp as you pull a a, a weapon on her and with you off the horse, she grabs the reins and like rears the the horse back a few steps to put a bit of distance between the two of you. Would you would you attack the horse when she does that at all? No, but he he'll keep the distance, but doesn't like eye contact or anything. And she goes, "What what 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 are you what are you doing? What kind of magic? What kind of witchcraft is this?" Why were you the cause of us getting lost? I I was looking back because I didn't understand how we got lost. It's like you said, we kept going in a straight line. I I don't know what that was. He kind of takes just a small step forward. You're lying to me. Why, Why would I be lying to you? I hired you to help me get to my village. Then get off the horse. <laughs> no, you're threatening me with a weapon. Why would I get off of the horse? He just kind of stays persistent with that, like with his axe. And he goes, I know something is not right. I can tell that you are not being truthful with me. Who are you? Uh, She like, she still stares with that kind of like fearful look for, for another minute before like, it kind of like, it melts away in like a frightening, just like quick, like, fear and then suddenly just like impassiveness and she sighs and she says oh you are not supposed to be as perceptive as you are oh you're so annoying and her in in like almost like when you're looking at a picture online that's loading slowly and so like it's like you can almost see the line like loading it as it goes down that kind of happens on her where her appearance just like changes like down a line um and she's still a halfling woman but um instead of the like kind of innocent fair look that she had in like a a simple kind of peasant dress she now has uh this this blonde hair that is pulled back very tightly and these these eyes that are like you can't even like it it shifts a bit you can't quite tell it's just very unnatural uh but the most prominent thing is that she is wearing this like bright golden cloak and uh she has on uh, a a like long sleeve she has on two long sleeves and on one of them you can see a familiar symbol that of which is an eye with a flame above it um, once he sees this like transformation and he sees the symbol, he takes a few steps back and he goes, I cannot. You're part of that. that- Aw, did I hurt your little feelings, Mogan? Oh, I'm so sorry. But you see, you were getting just really involved. You've been, you, and she like, the, the horse, she kind of guides the horse a bit to start like kind of circling Mogan a bit. She's not getting further away at all, but she's just kind of like, circling and taunting him you have been hunting down my friends for years i mean you're 
still on it. And for what? Just because a little village burned? Really? That's what's got you just all up in a twist? Come on, Mogan. Come on. You could be doing so much more than trying to hunt down my friends. As she keeps speaking, like, you can just tell that he's getting angrier and angrier. And finally, he just goes, hunting down your friends? Why are they your friends? They tend to kill people, you know. Hmm. How interesting, because so do I. Can you roll me some initiative there, queen? Yeah. You can, you can still be having, like, a, like a, a villain hero conversation during this battle. I will not prevent that if that is what Mogan wants to do. That is gonna be a 10. Alrighty. She got a nat 20, so she's gonna go first. <laughs> she is going to cast Ray of Frost. And you guys probably have, like, 10 feet of distance between each other. Alright, what's your AC? 15. So that hits. Unfortunate. Uh, and so you are going to take 1d8 cold damage. Let me roll that just because it's my tail. Alright, it's not too bad. You're, you're going to take 1 cold damage. And your speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. Okay, so he already has his hand axe out. So um, he's just going to try to strike her with it. I got a 12. Alrighty. Uh, as a reaction, she is going to cast Shield, which is going to give her a plus five bonus to AC. So you bring your axe down and a magical shield appears in front of her uh, face just before you just before you hit. And so it clangs off of this magical uh, shield of light. Now for her turn, she's going to try to draw her horse away, which is going to bring a uh, attack of opportunity. So you can try to attack again while she is moving her horse. Yeah, he'll definitely try to hit again. Keep on swinging. We got a 13. Nope, her AC is still high because due to the shield. And so Mogan tries to swing again while she's leaving and the sh it just bounces off the shield once more. And so she moves uh, 30 feet away from you, uh, and she turns back and she casts Ray of Frost again. So that hits. That will be three damage. Has my um, speed gone back up to full since my turn came around? Uh, when you get hit, it's reduced until the start of the attacker's next turn. Um... So when she started her turn, you would have gotten your full speed back, but she has just hit you yet again, so your speed is back down to only being 20. She's 30 steps away, right? Yes. Damn. <laughs> well, he's just going to try to get closer then. All right. Does he go the full 20? Yeah. Uh, he can also do double movement uh, to get all the way up to her, but then he cannot attack, but he will be right next to her. Yeah, let's do that. Um, just so then he's right next to her. He'll be like right up next to her. And uh, just to add a bit of, of uh, spoken spice 
uh, she'll kind of like laugh as he's like trying to get over to her and she'll say, you know, you've just, you've just become a nuisance. You've gotten really close a couple of times. And I know that that must make you so proud, but you know, I, I just think that maybe it's about time that we got rid of you so you could be, stop being such a pest. Pest? You and your clan are a pest. Uh, she gives a laugh as she moves her horse again. Uh, so you, because you use double movement, you are close enough for an attack of opportunity. Heck yeah. That is going to be a solid 18. So that lands squarely on her. So roll damage. I got a five. Alrighty. You clip her pretty good. You get a good gash in her arm as she seeds and sends you a glare back at you. Um, and she completes her movement away. And surprise, uh, she moves 30 feet away and surprise, surprise, uh, she does uh, use Ray of Frost. Oh, but this time she misses. Uh, so she fires at you and you manage to duck and instead it hits a tree and causes uh, a bit of ice to form along the trunk of the tree. And because she missed, that means that you are at your full 30 speed. He is just going to run up and try to hit her again then. That is going to be a solid 19. All right, yeah, that hits as well. Roll for damage. Ooh, six. Uh, he swings again, and this time kind of gets a bit of a slash across her chest. It's not super deep, but it definitely is enough that it draws like blood that soaks into her, um, her cloak, and she glares hard at him. So she is going to glare after having gotten this uh, damage to her. And she is going to cast Mage Armor on herself, in which a glimmering, uh, sparkling armor seems to form around her made of magic. And she says to him, You know, despite your whole self, I was genuinely hoping that we could just come to an agreement. I, I really hoped that you would just let that dream kill you. It would have been so, so much easier. Easier. You could have still been with your little baby brother. And she'll once again try to move the horse, inciting another uh, attack of opportunity. And he attacks. Um, before he does, though, he goes, Don't you ever, ever mention my little brother again. Alright, roll the attack. It's gonna be a 12. Alright, unfortunately, with the mage armor, that does not, that does not harm her. So she is going to move 60 feet away from you now. And she looks she looks back at you uh, as she finishes and kind of turns towards you. What do you mean, let that dream kill me? It was only a dream. Oh, yes, and I'm sure that you didn't wake up with any aches or pains or feeling like you had just been burned on over a fire. I'm sure, Mogan. Oh, I'm sure. He kind of like looks down at uh, where the pain had occurred, like on his legs and stuff. And he goes, what did you do? You're dealing with some very, very powerful people, Mogan. And honestly, if I were you, I would stop trying to look into it. Because truly, we wouldn't be bothering you that much if you weren't trying to get all up in our business. And so... She kind of, like, sits a little taller, almost, like, smugly looking over at him. This is going to be your first 
last and only warning. You are going to stop trying to press your luck and trying to find me and my friends, or we the sun are going to burn you and your new little family to a crisp, just like that little brother of yours. And he is just done. And so he just he's going to run uh, his 30 feet. And can I do a bonus action to do another 30? Yeah, so you, you can do double movement. So then he is going to run up. He's going to be right in front of her. And for once, she doesn't move. She just kind of like stares smugly down at, at uh, Mogan with that just that shitting grin, that that like, I'm so much better than you kind of attitude. Just like completely different from the quote unquote Edith that you had met earlier. So he's going to attack. But before he does, he's going to go. And this will be your last and final breath and attacks. Roll the attack. <laughs> Not 20. <laughs> so just with ease, he takes his axe and he just cleaves right through her. Oh. He cleaves right through her. And almost like a bit of static, the image oh. before you, this woman on the horse, just kind of gets grainy and disappears. And you realize that it was some kind of magic trick. And the real Edith, whatever her name was is long gone. And Mogan is left alone without even a horse. He will think about that comment, though, that she made that about his new family. And he's going to get the determination to be like, oh. And he's going to just kind of realize maybe it is time to go back to them because he doesn't want to be alone. Critically Chaotic is the Dungeons & Dragons podcast brought to you by the following people. The DM is Zan, who can be found as at Zandir on all platforms. They is played by Alex, who simply cannot be found. Snow is played by Bean, aka Alexa, who can be found in a variety of ways, but mainly at Alexandra underscore Jaden on Twitter. Carius is played by Kian, who can be found as at LostFanboy on most platforms. Jerome is played by Lady, who writes, quote, and that's all you get, you dirty gremlins. Mogan is played by Queen, who chooses not to be located at this time, or ever. Leaf is played by Sayla, also known as Strawberry Online, who can be found as at underscore Strawberry Milk on Twitter. The theme song is Melody by Emery. If you would like to support Critically Chaotic, please consider leaving a 5-star review and following us on whatever podcast listening platform you are currently using. You can find us at CritChaoticPod on Twitter with no underscores, where we post updates and retweet fan content. For any other platform you would like to see us on, please look in the description. We will see you next week for the continuing adventures of Box Anima. Have a great week, everyone. Listen, insight insight checks are your best friend in D&D. You trust no one. <laughs> and if I need to drill that into you by gaslighting your character, then I will. <laughs>